welcome back to another episode of Unboards at the Apple. I'm Dimitris. I'm David. And uh, we're here to talk about everything that Apple announced um, on the uh, event on uh, the 15th of uh, September, which included mainly the new Apple Watch Series 6 uh, and a lot, a lot of updates on uh, iPad Air and also the 8th generation iPad as well. Yeah, and some services talk that we got to oh, discuss yeah. as well. Services as well. Um, okay, I can start. Um, yeah, go for it. What do you want to talk about first? Which do we want to go in, in order, or do you want to talk about the event a little bit first? Just yeah, like yeah, I, I, I want to talk about the event as well. So, um, first of all, we can uh, discuss about the event because uh, I get a feeling that uh, Apple's getting uh, quite ahead into the game of virtual. Um, announcement of product services and things like that because for me it seemed that it followed um, more or less the same uh, format of WWDC and they also built on top of that and added uh, more uh, transitions and uh, they make it more playful and again not boring I, I was quite impressed yeah me too I think you're absolutely right like WWDC was done so well but then it did have the occasional, you know, like kind of shaky camera or just like weird cinematography choices. But those were few and far between. They didn't happen very often. But it seems like they, like you said, they t- took it and built on it. It was even better this time around. Um, I I loved it. I think they should just keep doing them <laughs> like this. I mean, I, I see advantages to in-person events, but I'll be really curious to see what Apple does going forward if they just switch you know when when it's okay to do so if they go completely back to doing their in-person events like they used to or if we see some sort of mix of the two um going forward i i could really see it i don't know logistically how much work this is for their staff and their teams to do this kind of event you know all the pre-recorded stuff a lot more videos a lot more transitions a lot more animated type stuff as well right um, which takes time and work, but it was really impressive. Really, really impressive. How did you feel about uh, the event topic? I know we've talked about this a little bit, so we we, we kind of knew there was some news that the, it wouldn't be an iPhone event. Um, at the earnings report, they said the iPhones were delayed, uh, which I feel like basically meant don't expect them, you know, anytime soon. And then when we got we got an event announcement, you know, what back on like September eighth or something. Um, that it would be on the 15th and that seemed based on the information that the iPhones would be late that seems too early for iPhones so I think we kind of assumed oh this will probably be watch focused and then rumors started coming around that it would also be iPad focused Mm -hmm. Um, and then it was also weirdly only an hour long right yeah the shortest (laughs) Apple event I think I've ever watched Um, so how did you feel about all that uh, I was, um, although there was this huge rumor that I think would be delayed and everything, I was still kind of shocked that they uh, didn't at least mention it or maybe uh, give a sneak peek or like something related to iPhone. I was, uh, was quite sad about it, but uh, I guess I can understand why they decided to postpone Darling and just create an event just for the iPhone and possibly something else along the line. Uh, in terms of the of the watch and the iPad, I think it was kind of around time for all of the iPad lineup to sort of catch up and uh, come together and closer into the 
2020 era of specs and uh, performance, which is quite nice to see actually. And uh, in terms of the watch, I think the updates we got and the way they uh, presented in the sense of like a watch is like a standalone product and it's very important for us and it gets the, the first spot on our event. I think that was quite interesting as well, as it seems that Apple is really focusing on the watch and they want to become better and better over uh, its iteration. Yeah, I mean, I think I basically agree with everything you said. I I think it's a matter of they knew the iPhone was delayed. They, of course, were going to have an event where the iPhone is the main event, you know, the marquee thing that gets talked about at that event it wasn't going to be this one because it's too early they said you know what we have products ready to go that aren't the iphone we have the new watch we have ipad updates ready to go let's get those out let's just get them out of the way um let's get it taken care of and so weirdly we ended up with an event that combined the watch and the ipad which are two completely unrelated things and don't (laughs) normally you know largely the ipad doesn't talk to the apple watch there's no apple watch app for the ipad you can't control it from your ipad um so it's just a weird combination of two things, but it, I th- I also think it sort of makes sense if for them to say, "Hey, you know, we've got products ready to go. Let's let's have an event. Let's talk about them. Let's get them out there, even if they're not themed together under a narrative, one single concept." I think that's okay. Um, so I'm I'm glad we got those updates. Yeah, it was definitely time for iPad refresh. We'll come. We'll talk about that more in a bit. Um, and some uh, I think some pretty interesting albeit maybe unexciting changes to the Apple Watch um, that are coming around. And as for the one-hour aspect of it, I personally really liked it. I'm I'm sort of an advocate. I would like to say, hey, more, more shorter events, please, <laughs> Apple, instead of fewer, longer events, right? Instead of just twice a year, one June event and one maybe September event, mm-hmm. each being two hours long, I would like more to talk about more often. Um, and Apple's, I think, quickly moving in that direction where they have so many different products and services that there's more to talk about more frequently. So why not just chunk it up and start giving us these sort of shorter little bits? Which is why I go back to saying I'll be curious to see what moves back to in-person events and what maybe continues to be these virtual uh, smaller events like this. Like maybe we continue to see the Apple Watch event be a, a video presentation or or things like AirPods or, um, you know, the rumored AirTags, maybe even HomePod, yeah. some of these smaller, less marquee products and services being featured in video stuff, whereas WWDC and the iPhone event, for example, or maybe Mac stuff will move back towards in-person events. But we'll see. I don't know. That's kind of... I, I personally am, am a fan of these short, bite-sized bits and i feel like it also allowed them to relax a little bit sometimes i think in some of their longer events they pack so much in there because they haven't updated us in a while that we just jump from thing to thing to thing and we don't get a chance to breathe and take it in and understand some of the details and we're left with so many questions um so i feel like this was much better that we got some time to breathe we got a little bit of understanding about some of the products and services uh and i i really enjoyed that yeah absolutely i think um, as you mentioned, uh, having more and more events of like shorter time is actually quite interesting and also more enjoyable to watch and follow uh, compared mm-hmm. to like having two huge events every year. It's uh, trying to pack everything together. And um, yeah, as you mentioned, sometimes they just, uh, even there's like a new product, they um, announce it. They mention like five, six very key 
updates and the rest is basically just displayed on the board like very uh, small uh, uh, font and people are like basically just trying to find new features along the lines and then yeah. having they take they take the screenshot right they yeah, hold yeah, up yeah. their phone and take a photo <laughs> yeah having smaller yeah. um like shorter events is actually i think more beneficial and i think personally that uh, a video event is a bit more easier to produce entirely from end to end compared to like a live event where you need to mm. um, both do the preparation and dialogues and demos and everything else but you also need to do like you know the actual presentation and uh, the people and everything else yeah that's true i would guess in the long run more work goes into uh a live presentation you know between logistics of the in-person the live stuff the event the location the people the you know support for all of that um than a, a video recorded thing plus they're doing you know frequently doing a lot of videos anyway for the in-person events so it's it's almost like it's double the work right this is maybe they just do a few extra videos or more videos than they did before but they have the i don't want to say leisure because i'm sure everybody at apple is very busy but they have a little more flexibility in recording all this stuff right like they can take their time get it right um and do do the best job that they can with it so that's that's pretty nice should we jump into uh, product announcements? Yeah, we can go ahead to uh, start with the what's the the series six. It's uh, yeah. mainly got uh, like I guess minor updates in sense of not something hugely uh, new. Uh, the main update is obviously the the blood oxygen sensor on the back of the of the watch, which can now measure the oxygen levels. Uh, on your blood, it's quite fascinating because I don't think I've ever done it in my life, not even in uh, in the hospital. Um, so having that on your wrist is quite interesting. Have you never been to like an emergency room A and E or like a like broken a bone or anything like that, or uh, been is it really I've, sick like hospital sick? I've broken a bone, yeah. Because usually, often it's like a common vital sign that you'll get in a hospital, right? You'll get that little. Um, little alligator thing, the little <laughs> clip that goes on your finger uh, ah, is usually okay. what you get in. Okay, yeah, okay. that's the blood. That's a blood oxygen thing. And lately, I'd say in the last like ten years, they've started selling devices like that that you can have in home, but they're a little bit complicated. They're slightly expensive, and there's no like guidance really to go with it. It's often you just sort of uh, you you know if you need one. Basically, you get it if you have a condition or something that would suggest you need it. Um, so that you can report that information back to your doctor. But yeah, but having blood oxygen as a sensor now, um, and it's it's infrared light, so it's n- a new sensor on the back of the watch on that kind of round area that has all the little lights. It shines red and infrared light uh, through your skin and checks how it gets reflected back. And they said they use algorithms to calculate the color of your blood from that. And the color of your blood lines up, correlates with how much oxygen is present in your blood. Um which was, I, yeah, really cool. It's sort of the the big main feature that they announced for, for Series 6. Um, there were two ways that it can happen. They said you can it has a blood oxygen app that you can go in and actually do it, calculate it manually. Uh, it takes 15 seconds. What they don't say, what I assume, which is also true if you have the little clip on your finger, is you usually have to stay pretty still because um, a lot of activity or movement of the skin can really affect the reading usually. Um so it can either do that or it can take periodic background measurements on its own, but 
they mentioned it doing it while you sleep if you have sleep tracking on your watch, which that makes sense to me. It probably is not going to be doing a lot of background measurements during the day because you're moving around so much. So maybe I suppose if you were still enough, it's able to do one, capture one. But I'm, I'm thinking most of those background measurements are going to be taken while you're sleeping. If um, you're wearing your watch to bed, that is. Yeah, probably. Uh, or because I, I think I've noticed like sometimes the, the watch takes also measurement for your heart rate. Maybe it will try to do that at the same time uh, since you're like kind of still and not uh, moving. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, heart rate is a lot easier to check because it's yeah. it's that's much more superficial. It's right on the surface of your skin. Um, the blood pumping, you know, has has movement to it. You can the sensors can detect it a lot more easily. They can see it really well. Whereas this light having to penetrate through your skin, get reflected back, and then calculate color from that, yeah, I mm. think is a little bit trickier if you're moving too much. So I, maybe they're doing them together, but I I would think that they're separate sensors doing their own thing each. Yeah. But that's Maybe my guess. Right. Um, most excitingly, I think the the biggest thing for this is how useful it will be to people, especially people who have um, a condition or something that necessitates it. It basically is a check to make sure how well your circulatory and respiratory systems, your breathing and your heart, are working and working yep. together to pump oxygenated blood through your body. Um, which is impactful for a lot of different things, anything from asthma. They mentioned a few studies that they're cooperating mm -hmm. with for the Apple Research app, um, measuring heart failure and looking at even COVID and, and other influenza flu-related diseases um, that, that affect both respiratory and circulatory systems. So I, I think this is one more data point that gets really exciting mm -hmm. to just continue to push the Apple Watch in this, like, key central location for keeping an eye on your health yeah i, I really like the push into into health because uh they add more and more features in terms of uh, um, activities and how to track your health and uh, improve your health as well and along with that they also add features like you know for um everyday use like the thing across uh, your friends and family um building new apps so you can use it in a, in a much better way so I have a feeling that even Apple is still not quite clear what the Apple Watch can be. So I'm quite happy that it can do so many different stuff. Like, like any, um, like iPhone, for example, people can use it just, you know, um, browse the web, chat online and things like that. And some other people can actually, um, have a bunch of productivity apps on the, on the phone and try to do basically the entire work uh, loads on, on the phone as well. So I think it's quite interesting that the watch is kind of following the same tra trajectory. So it uh, it does great things in terms of uh, health and fitness, but also great things in uh, different areas based on the apps that you can download and use on your phone. Yeah, I do think Apple has shifted a little bit more into a focused perspective. I think you're right, especially from the beginning, Apple was like, we don't know, let's just make a watch. Like, we don't know quite how this is going to work out, what people are going to use it for, what the key standout features are. Remember, we had things like digital touch and those, like the heartbeat where you could send someone your heartbeat and your pulse. Um, that was and so And a little nice. drawing scribble thing. It was fine. It's a little bit kitschy, right? It's like, I did it once maybe to test it out and then I don't think I ever did it again. I didn't ever hear about anyone doing it. But, um, and it's like interesting, like fun communication features and stuff. But then they really found their groove um, 
maybe starting with like series two or three with health and wellness. And now that has been the primary focus, but you're right to your point. Thank goodness they haven't abandoned the other stuff, right? They're still constantly adding features to like communication, to the app store, to shortcuts, all that kind of stuff that enables the watch to also be a powerful device for getting work done and communicating. Um, But it really feels like health and wellness is the primary focus for the watch. That's where they see it going, going forward. Um, and it, I think that's that's a great thing. They they tout the the watch saves lives, and I think that's a you know it's it's a bit extreme. It's it's not false, but it's a little anecdotal. But it's definitely true that the watch improves lives even beyond the people that whose lives that it you know flat out saves. Yeah, um, that are in life or death situations. It definitely for other people gives them additional data about their health and wellness that they can use to get a more yeah. complete picture of themselves on a regular basis. Yeah, exactly. And I think having more and more sensors and capabilities into uh, into the watch later on, these will just keep getting better and better and more accurate in terms of uh, if you're standing up or you're sitting down, if you're exercising or not, uh, if you uh, have any issues with your blood, uh, like oxygen or your blood uh, in general, or later on in your sensor or your heart rate, or like so many different things. And um, I really like the approach Apple is taking, try to um, build the sensor, build the capabilities into the watch that can um, be used in terms of uh, improving and also potentially helping people uh, in their lives, in the everyday lives, basically. Yeah. I mean, speaking of new sensors, even uh, let's continue talking about other features for the Series 6 that was announced. So a new altimeter sensor is there, so that can measure constant... Uh, continuous elevation tracking, which is nice. It's always on. Um, you can easily, quickly check your elevation if you're hiking or walking somewhere. Um, that's a handy thing to have. Um, pretty much the other two major things that were announced, uh, they talked a little bit about the S6 chip, uh, mm-hmm. which, by the way, was the first time I've heard Apple Silicon mentioned as a brand. They actually called it Apple Silicon. So it really <laughs> seems like they're trying to make their chip yeah. manufacturing become a brand in and of itself now. Um, they usually just called them like system on a chip. It's the new S six or whatever, but now they said Mm -hmm. they actually labeled it as Apple Silicon. So they talked about that briefly, but the other two big sort of features, I guess, announced were the display. So it has a new improved display that the always on is more efficient and energy efficient. And it's also brighter. It's able to be brighter when you're outdoors. They said, I think two and a half times brighter or something like that. uh, Yeah. So that's exciting. And then the other thing was related to color and bands. So we we announced um, new kind of varieties, which to me is a bit, I, I heard somebody else might refer to it as like the, the, the thing that car dealers did a lot, right? When they were making the same model over and over again and it started getting old and you're like, well, we want people to get excited about it in some way. Well, it's now it's the, you know, the Chevy with, with wings on the back wingtips or, uh, you know, some new color that's exciting. So we have a lot of new colors with the Series 6. A new blue yep. aluminum case. An Which updated gold. absolutely great, by the way. I think so, too. I love that. And I'm thinking that this is also the same blue that's rumored to be coming to the iPhone, too. Yeah. So can you imagine sporting a, a nice blue iPhone 12 and a blue Series 6? Whew, look good. <laughs> um, we got an updated gold stainless steel variety and another stainless steel that's now graphite, which if... You know, of course, we need yet another Apple term for gray. You know, between space gray and dark and silver, and now we have graphite as well. And product red, we got a, finally a new a product red watch as well, um, which we have not had before. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, 
and then, yeah, I mean, that was mostly it for our Series 6 discussions. They brought in watch faces, which I'm assuming are not restricted to the Series 6. Uh, uh, this was part of no. the Series 6 discussion, but but it's watch they, faces, so that seems so uh, related. Yeah, they're all available on uh, Series 4 and, and above. Uh, yeah. By the way, I installed it yesterday in my watch, so I checked everything. Oh, so you're on the beta then? Uh, no, yesterday they released the uh, Golden Master, so technically, like, you know, the, the official release. Yes, but that's still kind of a beta, right? Because it's the Golden Master for developers, it's not a public release. Uh, it's usually the same. At least it doesn't have the, uh, like, the beta tag on oh, the, gotcha. on the yeah. software. But you did it on your watch. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Risky. I see. I here I am. I've been running the beta for iOS and iPadOS, but I hadn't ever put the beta on my watch. Me neither. So today, I... because it's supposed to come out today, I've been waiting all day for the the uh, official release. To I available I never did it on the watch until I saw that it's like the you know the, the golden watch. I was like, okay, so it's stable now. As of now, we're we're recording on September sixteenth, the day after the event. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to come out today, and it is two thirty five p.m. Central U.S. time. And it is still not out. Watch OS 6.2.8 up to date. Ah, I want it. I want that sleep tracking. Uh, I tried it yesterday, actually. And it was All right. Well, we'll save, we'll save that for a future <laughs> conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, then we got uh, so new watch faces. This was interesting. They kind of rattled through a lot. We got another Alan Dye video. Alan Dye, the new Johnny Ive, mm-hmm. the new design uh, VP. And we had a GMT face, which is a classic watch style. Um, so th- they really focused on bringing in watch faces that are like related to the history of watches. And they even meant they said as much in the video. He says like they're they're tied to honoring the design of classic watches and watch functions while bringing in a lot of the technology yep. that they have. So there's a GMT watch face to show multiple time zones. We had a count up uh, watch face that does like basically a stopwatch. We had a chronograph watch face, which does like speed and timing in multiple time scales. A typograph face, which lots of customizable styles and scripts. Um, they partnered with an artist, Jeff, Jeff McFetridge, to do kind of special. They're actually faces. <laughs> it's artwork of actual faces on your watch um, that are customizable, and they animate when you raise your wrist. We have a memoji face now that animates. You can, I assume, put your own memoji or whichever memoji you want on there. <laughs> And a stripes watch face, which I really liked, and this was like my first moment where I thought, "Ooh, this is as close as we're getting to fully customizable." customizable. <laughs> yeah, because this is pretty darn. Cu- I mean, granted, it is always stripes, but it, but like something like that is very customizable. You could do your sports team, your country, your whatever clothes you're wearing that day. Yeah, um, I really like causes too. things like that. Yeah, I loved that a lot. That was a nice, nice touch. So those are the watch faces. Uh, and then this was interesting. I don't know if you have comments on this. I, I would be curious to hear it. They mentioned developer tools for watch faces that focus around a certain app. So I guess it, my understanding, it's, I think it's related to what they mentioned when they announced watchOS 7 in June, which is having multiple com- com- uh, complications from the same app on a watch face. So essentially a developer can kind of design an ideal watch face for their app that has all the different complications mm. showing different measurements and metrics. And then you can create like a surfing app or they or a surfing watch face they mentioned or a photography watch face that kind of has all the little details you need all on one face. So it sounds like developer it made it an easy tool for developers to create those themselves. 
and then use the new face sharing thing that they announced in at WWDC to put that out into the world. Yeah, that, that was, was sort of my understanding. Yeah, probably I, I understood the same thing as well, basically. And I think it's quite interesting as uh, up, in, up until quite recently, we just got, uh, you know, one uh, complication for ETA. And um, I always had this feeling that I wish I could, you know, especially I think for me, at least the most basic example uh, is the is the weather app where you can uh, have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the temperature but you can also get uh, like the sense of rain or uh, something else. Uh, it is quite important if you want to check the weather, you know, at a glance and not actually dive into the app and just check everything. But the UV yeah. um, radiation at the same at the exact time. So I think it's quite interesting to see that it's the expanding to uh, like other apps where they can um, basically uh, present information uh, that. You the, the the user needs at the glance as you mentioned like if you're like a surfer you might need certain aspects of uh, of the app that you're using to just take them in a glance and not actually open the app either on your phone or the, or the watch just to take a few information so i have a theory that this is all apple's f- attempt to make us forget that we want customizable watch faces that we want like a third-party <laughs> watch face store <laughs> They're just doing it, like making it as customizable as possible without actually giving us that. So we sort of stop thinking about it or, or stop making such a fuss because it's pretty close to having third-party watch faces available. I, I do, I, I kind of, I would be very surprised if it happens at this point. They're just moving so far down the line of really curated Apple watch faces that are very customizable, but still coming from Apple mm. that it just seems unlikely that they would sort of revert back and allow third-party watch faces at this point, but who knows? Yeah, maybe they will revert it later on. Uh, we never know. We're still waiting for fully customizable, uh, you know, uh, Siri commands. Yeah, true. Yeah, that thing that kind of came and went and disappeared all of a sudden, <laughs> um, or is just less useful now. Yeah. Um, watch bands. Should we talk about watch bands? We had some new yeah, I watch bands announced. Absolutely love the new band. I don't know why. Do you? Oh, no, not the um the 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 solo loop, or however you call the the one that's made yeah. from the basically the same rubber as the sport loop, but the other one is so so good. It's beautiful. So we had uh, a number of different watch bands announced. Loop. But the one that you're talking about, yeah, they had a solo loop and a braided solo loop. And these are claspless, buckleless, uh, or or no overlapping parts. They are literally just a a band around the watch. Mm-hmm. And it, I guess it stretches so that yeah. you can slide it over your wrist mm-hmm. and then slide it back off. And But it still fits, I, I assume, fairly snugly on your wrist. Um, they said it comes in a variety of sizes, and when I paused the screen, I, sh- I saw nine different sizes <laughs> on the screen. I don't know if that's the, the official total number that's available, but I would have to think they need a lot of different sizes for sure. that. And it makes sense. I mean, it's it makes a lot of logical sense that like your wrist doesn't it changes size a little bit throughout the day with like heat and exercise and stuff, but mostly you don't need all the different. I put my watch on the same. Uh, notch every single time. I don't ever yeah. use any of those other ones. So I think something like this makes a lot of sense. Um, they also have the one thing I found interesting about the size element is like they have on the website a 
tool you can like print off a piece of paper and measure your wrist and cal- do some calculations and that's how you figure out what size you are yeah um but it also it just it made me notice that this is the type of watch band that would make you really want to go in a store at a time when we really can't go into stores yeah. so it was just a little bit interesting that they announced something like this as cool as it is when if for people who would want it it would really be really helpful to be able to try on different experiences different watches and stuff um durable and swim proof they mentioned and comes in seven colors uh basically most of the primary colors that or most of the colors in the rainbow for the most part mm-hmm. uh and then as you said a beautiful looking i agree this is also the one that i very much want a braided solo loop which is made out of 100 percent recycled yarn with ultra thin silicone threads and that one came in five colors uh, green and blue, both of I would take both of those. They look gorgeous. <laughs> Black, pink, and red, um, and it was, it was so beautiful. I yeah, I absolutely agree. I think it's it's uh, very very well uh, designed. Yeah, we got a uh, new leather link band that has no clasp to it. So they had a leather link band already, but it had uh, a sort of clasping device. Uh, now it doesn't. An updated Nike watch band colors for both the sport loop and sport bands and a new Nike watch face to go with it. And then a new uh, Adelage Hermes bands, which are gorgeous and I wish I could afford them. (laughs) Both single tour and double tour. Um, Like just just an absolutely gorgeous leather that I think are really, really nice. It would be that would be my fancy going out for a nice dinner sort of watch band. They look really cool. Nice. Uh, should we talk about family setup? You can go ahead. Uh, I was really impressed by that, actually. And uh, I think it actually makes sense because they want to expand the the outputs and the whole ecosystem to basically everyone. And I think it's quite clever if uh, the parents have, uh, you know, like an iPhone or uh, an Apple Watch and they see the value of it, then they obviously want to, you know, um, push their kids into the same direction so they can have uh, more and more devices under the same Apple ID and take advantage of the, the shared apps, uh, shared iCloud storage and uh, services as well. And um, I think it's really clever since you can have complete control over the walls. You can set up your, yourself, you can specify certain contacts that uh, your kid uh, can uh, can contact to uh, certain times of you know school. So the watch is like you know just a uh, just a basic watch and not be able to interact with any apps or anything else. And they mentioned also that you get you can set up notifications in terms of where the where your kids are going. So you can get notified when they arrive at the destination. And I think it's quite brilliant actually. I think as a parent it's something that you definitely would consider by getting to your kids. Yeah. Um they they really they focus the narrative around kids and older adults, yeah. um seniors or elderly folk. So the the idea being that that someone an adult presumably would have who has an iPhone can get Apple watches for either kids or older parents um and not have to have them also have an iPhone um this is definitely a step towards uh 
making the Apple Watch be platform agnostic, right? Removing it, separating it completely from having an iPhone. Uh, it's a step towards that. I think I would still love, as the Apple Watch continues, as we said earlier, talking about its amazing health features and its impact on society for helping people's health and wellness, not to mention communication and its other features, but mostly health and wellness. We're quickly moving to a place where I so I just really want to see uh, Apple snip that final tether to the iPhone from the Apple Watch and for Android users, for anybody to be able to get an Apple Watch and have it work as they want. Um, and this is sort of, like I said, this is sort of a step in that direction a little bit because you don't have to have an iPhone, but you have to, I guess, know somebody who has an iPhone basically, yeah, right? True. <laughs> um, so that it can be connected that way. Now, a few thoughts that I have on this. Um, mm-hmm. So as you said, it's, it's like a way for you to control all the stuff from your iPhone. You can control like who they communicate with. Um, location, things like that. There's a, a school mode, a school time mode that sets up do not disturb and a restricted interaction with the watch. And I know they said a, a special watch face uh, display. And they mentioned so that it's like recognizable, basically so that a parent or a teacher can easily look at the kid's watch on their wrist and be like, yep, you're still in school time mode. Good. You haven't <laughs> changed anything on the watch. Or you're not looking up answers or whatever. Um, that was interesting. Um I guess uh, my wonder is like how many people are really going to go for this because I, I'm just curious about the like the age for kids the age level at which kids are old enough that they would responsibly wear and and use a watch like they need to. Mm-hmm. Most parents are probably also starting to get them phones, um, even just basic iPhones, not like top of the line or anything like that, but but low end iPhones. Um, and it seems not that common that, you know, uh, I mean, maybe the kids have an Android phone or something and the parent wants them to be able to use an Apple watch for all these benefits, something like that. So that is just a little bit, doesn't seem like the perfect match to me. It seems mm. potent, like potentially interesting, but I wonder how implemented it's really going to be in the real world. And then the flip side of that, similarly with elderly folk, you still have to charge the darn thing. Like you still have to have even, even though you don't have a, like an iPhone, right. You have to have Apple watch responsibility and know how it works and figure out, you know, how to use it and stuff like that. Cause if you just don't put it on the charger essentially for one day, you get maybe a little more than a day's worth of battery life. And then, and then it's useless. It's, you may as well not have it on your wrist. Um, so I'm just, I'm a little bit curious about implementation. I like where it's going. I like the idea and maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe it'll get you know widely adopted, and it is a thing that people would really find use in, despite those challenges. They'll, they they know ways around them. Yeah, I guess I guess you you're right. Somewhat, I think uh, in terms of the kid side, as you mentioned, maybe what I'm thinking is that uh, the kids already maybe have an iPhone, but the parents don't want uh, the Apple Watch to be connected. To, to that phone so they can have can you be. know complete, complete control over uh, the phone as they might have on the iPhone as well through finding this here. Yeah. And yeah. in terms of the seniors, I think the problem is the, the charging mainly or um, be aware of like, you know, uh, not to lose it somewhere or, um, you know, take care of it. And although it's quite tough and it can, you know, it can wash your hands, it can 
properly withstand some falls or if you like you know accidentally bump into something you still just need to be aware that you're wearing something that's not uh like you know 100 uh um indestructible yeah yeah that's very true um i mean we'll see uh it's an it's an interesting idea i think it's well intended it's a it's promising so we'll see where it goes um obviously because it has the ability to make calls especially in case of emergencies it does require the cellular model and they said this uh, family setup will work with uh and by the way it is family setup not to be confused with family sharing which is services related the feature <laughs> Um, but family setup is available for series four watches or later. Uh, and they mentioned a number of countries, US, UK, Thailand, Taiwan, Switzerland, Spain, Poland, Japan, Hong Kong, Germany, France, and mainland China. And then 18 carriers I counted on the screen that they, they posted. In the US, all the major ones are there, AT&T, T-Mobile, Verizon, and I, I think well, Sprint is now part of T-Mobile, so that's strange. And they, I did see EE for the UK listed there. Um, I didn't see any other UK carriers that I recognize, um, but but presumably it basically needs a country that it works in with a carrier that that it works with. So to start with, at least, it, it has the potential to be a little bit restrictive for who can use it. Apple Watch SE. We got ourselves a new Apple Watch. Indeed, and I think that's the let's say basic um apple watch and then the apple watch pro will be like the series x uh model i i, I feel yeah, that's where we're going though we listeners might remember we previously were currently on the series five uh up and up until yesterday <laughs> uh the series five was the latest and they were also selling the series three which started at a 199 price point which is really impressive you know an apple watch at such a low price but now we have an Apple Watch SE, which strangely did not replace the Series 3. Um, it is a mid, mid-level mid Apple Watch, effectively. It, I think the goal was to have as many Pro features as possible while still being able to bring down the price a little bit. So we still, I think they have the Apple Watch Series 3 still around. They're still going to keep selling it, even in this new generation, so that they can say Apple Watch starts under, at, at $199, starts under $200. Mm-hmm. But very quickly, people are going to see. Oh, I want, I want something a little bit more for just a little bit more. Uh, in fact, two seventy nine is what this new SE is going to start at. They can get most of the features of the newest version. In fact, largely it's the Series Five, for the most part, that people are going to be getting if they get this Apple Watch SE, mm-hmm. um, and just miss out on a few of the latest features. So this SE has all the same communication, activity, health features. It has this new watch display that the Series 6 has with the brighter always-on screen. Um, it does use the S5 chip, so the same chip as the Series 5. It has cellular models. It can be used with this new family setup. It has the same accelerator, compass, gyroscope, and altimeter, the new altimeter that Series 6 has. It has fall detection. So what it doesn't have is ECG that we got last year, this new blood oxygen sensor. Is that it? I can't think of anything else that uh, doesn't have. I think that's the only two uh, that we missing, actually. Yeah. So those two features and maybe slightly s- less efficient power. Yeah, due to the because older of the S5. Chip, yeah. So 
for what the because the series six starts at the usual new watt apple watch price of 399 um this is us dollars by the way i'm sorry i'm, I'm giving this in us dollars um the gps model starts at 399 dollars and so for over a hundred dollars less at 279 the apple watch se you get almost the exact same features slightly slower no ecg no blood oxygen <laughs> I think we're going to see the same kind of thing that we see happen with the phones and the and the iPads where you have those pro features that come out on the newest edition and then they dwindle, they work their way down um, mm. to the lower level features, right? So we'll, this will sit here now just like the iPhone SE and maybe in two, three years, the SE will get updated, you know, yeah, boosted probably. up to series whatever, six or seven that that it'll be ready for at that point. Um, yeah, that makes so sense. it's it's kind of interesting. It seems it's a it's a more full lineup for the Apple Watch now that we didn't have before. Yeah, and I think the SC, especially now that it's been uh, just announced, it will be probably the main watch for like this uh, keep the mode let's yeah. say, with uh, family setup because basically definitely. yeah offers pretty much everything that the new model has. And it just misses some very key differences, but um, it's not very crucial for the kids uh, if you just say that that way. So you can sort of skip that and go straight to the, into the SC as it has all the benefits of uh, the Series 4 world, basically. And yeah. series, my uh, family, five. my my parents and sister are both running, I think, uh, uh, Series 1, maybe 2 uh, Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. And so they are pretty soon in the next, you know, year or so are going to start having maybe challenges with their watch in terms of speed and reliability. They're probably going to stop getting, you know, software updates in the somewhat near future, I would guess. I think at, right now, Series 1 is still going to get iOS or watchOS 7, um, but I'm not positive about that. But either way, it's, it's getting long in the tooth. So I could see them moving to something like this rather than the newest full price Apple Watch because it'll still be a big boost, and for only two hundred and seventy nine dollars, that's a a pretty decent price point. I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, Lisa Jackson. Lisa Jackson came out next to talk about the environment and yeah. Apple Watch. Um, it was nice. Got a lot of great updates. I'm not gonna. I don't think we need to go through all the details, but basically, Apple's sure. doing a lot of work to be carbon neutral. Um, and probably the most interesting thing and relevant to the Apple Watch, which is I think why they placed it here is because all those rumors about Apple removing power adapters from future devices sounds like it's going to start with this Apple Watch. So I think from all the Apple Watch models, they will now not be shipping the USB power hub, the little, what they call the wall wart. So you still get the cable, of course, but you're not getting the little cube, the little thing that actually plugs into the wall socket. Um, Lots of people have them. They say it's, you know, environmentally costly. There's, you know just a, a handful of reasons you know between waste and the production uh, emissions that it produces to not to start not doing it what do you what do you think about all this um i think i have mixed feelings i my biggest concern is people who buy uh this new watch for the first time obviously they need an iphone so they will definitely have one power adapter that works with that but I feel it gets kind of weird when you uh, want to charge both of the devices uh, in the morning, let's say, and you basically just need to switch uh, the cables around. Or if you want to charge them at the same time, you 
physically can um, unless obviously you have other power adapters lying around at home which uh, for my experience lots of people have already but uh, I'm not sure if that's the trend over the uh, past three years I think yeah but I think every time there was a new uh, Apple Watch, the previous Apple Watch that was still um, being sold by Apple was uh, being sold without a power adapter. Because I remember when I, I got my first Apple Watch, I got it, um, I got Series uh, 1 right when Series 2 got announced. And it didn't include a power adapter. So I'm not sure if that's trend they continued on. Your series one didn't include a power adapter? No. Interesting. Yeah, um, I, I remember they I think they even mentioned it on uh, um, on the announcement of series two. Because uh, that announcement was kinda of weird. They basically said that oh, this is the new watch and the series zero oh, sorry. The previous model is now considered series zero, and now we're going to introduce series one, which is going to have the same processor as the series two that we just announced, but it's not going to have this uh, great new display and this great um, uh, new, uh, what was the thing? Uh, oh yeah, it wasn't watchproof for that long compared to the series two. And they said, oh, we're going to keep selling Series 1, but the, the the things that we're going to include in the box is basically just the cable and the watts, and that's it. Hmm. Okay, well, it seems like it's now the norm, right? Like, they're sticking with it, and it's going to be official for this. I, I think for USB-C products, we're going to keep seeing power adapters in boxes because that's still a fairly new standard, and a lot of people have, you know, didn't have devices before that are running USB-C. But for USB-A power adapters wall warts um it seems like that's starting to slow up i'm i'm with you in the sense that i have mixed feelings about it i do have a lot of them i'm fine i'm largely moving towards wireless things anyway although ironically something funny i noticed is that for like the air power remember the air power mat that never happened um if things like that do because other companies have sort of put out their versions of it and there was a rumor lately that apple's maybe actually still working on it and might still put it out someday but something like that, the Apple Watch with the, uh, what's it called? The the loop? I already forgot. The band. The the new band that came out. Thank you. Solo loop. Um, that wouldn't work on something like that, right? Because you can't lay it flat. It's a It's got a basically a permanently attached band to it. Um, you can buy adapters, power adapters from Apple. I think here's my mixed feeling. I'm fine that they're taking it away. I think it's great. I think it's environmentally friendly. It's a smart choice. I think they need to make it very easy for people who need one to get one, even from Apple. It needs to be part of the checkout process where it says, are you sure you don't need to include one of these in case you don't already have one? I would go even Um, further, actually. I would say that they could bundle them together. So if you want to get uh, a power adapter with your new device, you can get it at a discounted price since... You, you really want one and it's I don't know your first device and you really want to to have a power adapter and if you still don't want to that's fine uh, but I think it would be 
a good idea to have some form of like a bundle or like a discount price if you really want to buy yeah. it. I could see that being like a transition step, right? Um, like easing people off of it by saying you will even give you a cheaper price on an adapter if you bundle it with the purchase of something. Um, I'm not sure that's as far as they want to go, right? They want to kind of really discourage people from buying it if they don't need it. Whereas I think if you bundled it, that would be like, oh, people would be like, you know what? I could use another one anyway, and it's so cheap. Why don't I do it when they don't really need it? Um, but my, I think my argument would be don't necessarily bundle it, but make it cheap and available. So make it as a thing that is there, that is accessible, ready to go if someone thinks about it or is asking about it. I would almost say like if someone comes into an Apple store and says, I didn't get a power adapter. I don't have one. I need one. What am I supposed to do? Apple says, here's one. We'll give it to you for, I don't know, five bucks or whatever. Something pretty cheap. Um, like right now, I think they have an 18 watt power adapter on the store. I'm looking at the store right now and it was $30, which is a lot, but it's also for an 18 watt power adapter, which isn't, you know, that's like iPhone level. You, you don't really need that for the watch necessarily. Um, and you can get away with something smaller, you know, like a little five watt power adapter. Oops, a five watt power adapter or something. Um, so I think my my point is is just don't make this hard on yourself, Apple, because you're gonna get a lot of bad press about this. People are gonna complain, basically. Especially so, just make it easy for them. Well. Yeah. Well, I don't. I mean, I'm tempted to say that this. I don't know. I'm not sure if I believe yet if this will happen with the iPhone. I know that was where the rumors were, but I think Apple was sort of testing the waters a bit and they decided let's start with the Apple watch mm. and see where we go from maybe there. But year. maybe, maybe they'll be brave. Yeah. Maybe they'll go as far as doing it with the iPhone too. I, I think that's it, right? Like I, again, I think all the other devices, iPads and Macs are all USB-C now, so they're not going to do it with those. So it's basically the watch and the, and the um, iPhone. Yeah. And that's it. And I guess AirPods, I suppose, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I lost my notes. I gotta get my notes back. Next up on uh, on our list is the newly serviced uh, Apple Fitness Plus that was announced. Woo! And uh, um, you predicted it uh, quite a while ago, though. But I guess it yeah, still it's counts. Not this late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I uh, I I. There were rumors about it. Uh, they were Apple was working hard on it. It makes sense that it goes accompanies the watch event. I don't. I I was convinced that the rumors were strong enough that we'd see it back in June, but we didn't. But it does it does match with being part of a watch focused event, which the watch is all about fitness, health, and wellness. Um, I think we both agree on this. We were texting each other during the event. It sounds incredible. It's 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 really it's got all the pe- bits and pieces there that I would expect to be there. It's polished. It's really clear and simple. And then it has what I think of as like the Apple flair where it's got these extra little details. It's like, I didn't think of that, but that is really useful. I'm glad you did it that way. Um, and that Apple like wows me with a lot when they do it right. And this is something that I feel like they did right. So quick rundown. Um, they started it by talking about the Apple Watch and the workout and activity being a device for motivation. They're really working on getting people motivated as much as possible. And so they announced uh, Apple Fitness Plus. I think Jay Blonick, who's like a, who's a, he was a fairly well-known personal trainer, like a trainer guy. I think he was uh, also, he got hired by Apple. I think he was working with uh, Nike as well as a, um, a oh, high-ranking yeah. member of the board. Okay, nice. Yeah. 
well he came out uh he's now he's a vice president um at apple uh and he came out and talked about this new fitness plus it is 10 types of workouts uh they have trainers world-class trainers they call them apple music heavily integrated with a bunch of different playlists that you can pull over and add if you like them if you have apple music you can just add them to your own thing they're adding new workouts every week and the mechanics of it is what i think is the gold it's the magic of it you uh you can use it with iphone ipad or apple tv basically any apple screen that you have and you choose the workouts from the the fitness app which is now also on the ipad and apple tv we didn't have a fitness app before for those devices just on the phone we now have a fitness app for those um and you choose your workouts the over time they'll personally recommend ones to you they'll recommend trainers or styles and stuff like that but you choose your workout and it instantly starts the workout on your watch starts timing it in metrics and it puts basically the apple watch screen on the screen you're looking at up in the corner so all those metrics that you would normally be seeing while running that workout on your watch now show up right there on the screen and then this is what i mean by those beautiful little touches things like if in the workout the trainer asks you to do something for 30 seconds a 30 second timer will appear yeah on those uh, apple watch that metrics. was really impressive if something like we're doing a specific exercise to get your heart rate up, the heart rate, the beats per minute of your heart rate will get bigger and enlarge and show up on the screen. These are the tiny, and, and then other little details like your Apple Watch rings will be in the other corner there. And if you complete a milestone, like if you close a ring, you'll still get that little celebration on the screen that you would, basically you don't have to look at your watch anymore <laughs> the entire time you're doing this fitness activity, which is so nice. I loved that. Um, I'm hoping this comes with even more integration with the Apple TV. Like there'll be more picture in picture type stuff. So you could be watching a TV show or news or whatever while doing mm. this. Uh, um, I'll be curious to see how that. Yeah. yeah. Especially if it's a workout that you don't need to be paying, you know, super close attention to that. Mm -hmm. You're running for, I don't know, five minutes or whatever. And you can during those five minutes be watching something else. Um, that would be interesting. But um, those were the, the extra little details. They have a beautiful summary screen that shows you all the metrics of, of the workout you just did. The 10 workouts are starting with yoga, cycling, dance, treadmill walk, treadmill run, strength, core, um, hit workouts, rowing, and a mindful cool down, which is very intriguing to me. I'm wondering <laughs> what that's going to be. Um, we shall see. He said, any brand of equipment, and in fact, most of the workouts require just a set of dumbbells or no equipment at all. Um, big flexibility. It's all about being able to do it wherever you are at home, at a hotel, if you're on traveling, whatever. Um, lots of Apple music playlists. And then another, this is another of those Apple magic things, a beginner program. So this is like a program that you can do if you're either haven't worked out in a while or are just new to working out and you, you're nervous about it. This, this is me. I think I would definitely start with this is I'm sometimes I do workouts that I just sort of heard about or someone told me I should do but I don't know that I'm doing them correctly and I'm nervous that I'm doing damage because I'm doing something slightly incorrect. So having this beginner program to help teach me the terminology and knowing the basics of common workouts is beautiful. That's really helpful, I think. Yeah, I think, I think especially now with the, the whole pandemic situation that pretty much everybody is at home most of the day, uh, it's really nice to have some sort of encouragement to do some exercise apart from your own uh, yourself just trying to exercise either by running or just by doing some exercise at home i think it's yeah. quite nice to have something like a screen that some people try to do 
uh, you know, have like a specialized program just for you and you can see the improvement overall with all these metrics you mentioned. I think it's very nice. Absolutely. I love it a lot. Um, they they mentioned privacy, although this was something that I thought, uh, okay, that's fine. I don't know that there's a lot that people are super antsy about in terms of privacy, but it's nice. The recommendations are powered on device. Nothing to store with your Apple ID. It will be available uh, by the end of the year, they said, in Australia, Canada, Ireland, New Zealand, the UK, and the US. Are you going to sign up for this service? I would sign up if there was like a trial period, I think. But I really want to I believe there is. If so you get you can do one month for free. Everybody can do a month for free. Oh really? Or if you buy a new Apple Watch, you get three months for free. I remember the Apple Watch, but I wasn't planning to buy the new Apple Watch probably. <laughs> I think um all every service they have offers a it's just like a standard for Apple services. Ah, okay, is right. a one month free. Because Apple Arcade has one month free. T V plus yes. I'm pretty sure has one month free. News yeah. Plus definitely has a one month free. So You're I think right. it's just a, a, a thing I'll, I'll try that because I really want to see how uh, how good the the workouts are and how they how they work because you know on the demos they look so nice and everything works perfectly but I really want to see if I can actually uh, make it work the same way like you know put up my iPad or the Apple TV uh, and just check everything on the screen and see if I can actually you know follow this program they they mention. Yeah. No, I think it's really cool. I'm I'm I've recently become kind of a yoga fan, so I'm interested in trying that strength core. Um, I have a treadmill here where I am right now, so even dance. I don't know how to dance at all. If I could do a dance in a workout situation and be taught how to dance while also getting a workout, that sounds great. Um, nine ninety nine per month. I don't know if we said that. Did we say that? Nine ninety nine. Uh, no, we didn't. Or eighty dollars a year, which is a good deal. It's just pretty good deal, actually. Yeah. 9.99 a month would be 120 bucks a year and you get $40 off if you do an annual a whole annual thing. And and family sharing included at no additional charge. So, you can pay $80 for a whole year and get everyone involved with in your family who's on family sharing also to use it for free with their own accounts. That's impressive. And more impressive is the Apple One, which <laughs> <laughs> nice segue, good segue. Which basically combines uh, combines every sort of uh, service Apple has uh, into three main categories. Uh, the first one is the individual, which is um, Apple Music, Apple TV Plus, uh, Apple Arcade, and fifty gigabytes of um, iCloud storage. That's I guess for you know not so heavy users or the majority of the people, I guess. Then we go into the next level, which includes uh, the same four uh, services, but 200 gigabytes of uh, iCloud storage. And the uh, ultimate maxed out uh, is uh, all services of, um, uh, uh, of Apple. So uh, Apple News Plus, um, the new Apple Fitness Plus, Apple Music, Apple TV Plus, uh, Apple Arcade, and what I forgot. Oh, two and two terabytes of, of uh, yeah. iCloud storage, which uh, it's thirty, if I remember correct, thirty yeah. uh, dollars per month. Yep, correct. Yeah. So um, this is this is really interesting. We were expecting this. This was rumored. Um, even the name Apple One is the name of the bundle concept that was rumored as well. Uh, 
And it's interesting, right? There is so the the individual plan you mentioned is an individual plan, but both of the other two tiers, the twenty dollars a month and the thirty dollars a month, are both family sharing eligible. So you can do those and have them immediately work with family sharing, which for those of you who don't know, is basically a way to get give access to other members of your family, but each person still gets their own account and personalization. So it's not like, you know, you're doing Apple Music for your family and everyone's got to listen to the same music or has the same recommendations. Like each person gets their own account. Um, so per, I, I think it's really impressive. I started doing math, right? I started doing math originally because I was checking it out and then I saw on their website they actually tell you how much you save. <laughs> so I didn't need to do all that math. But just as a reminder, Apple Music is normally $10 a month. Apple TV Plus normally $5 a month. Arcade is $5 a month. Uh, so right there, that's already $20, which is already more expensive than the $15 a month of the in individual plan, not to mention 50 gigabytes of iCloud storage. I think I'm using 200 gigabytes of iCloud storage right now, um, which means I'm paying $3 a month to Apple. Uh, sorry, I'll come back to the to the per, what what we're personally doing in just a second. But so then we talk about the the premier tier, because the family tier, the twenty dollars a month Apple One tier, also has has all the same services, just bumps up the iCloud storage to two hundred um, for an extra five dollars, basically. And then the premier tier is where it adds Apple News Plus, which is normally ten dollars a month, and Fitness, which is normally ten dollars, which is going to be ten dollars a month. Um, now, in fairness, they mentioned this for the premiere. This is going to be where it's available. So the, this might be pretty restricted in terms of countries where it's available because News Plus is only in certain countries. Fitness Plus, as I just mentioned, is only in like six or seven countries to start with. Um, so that one will be a little bit more picky. And I also love how they're, they're keeping... While I'm sad that you can't mix and match, we talked a little bit about that before, which you could like sub out a certain service for another. It makes sense that they put the two services they did in the premiere. News Plus is the one hardly anyone uses. And so they're basically trying to sneak it in as a way to say, we'll throw on this extra thing that you probably wouldn't have picked anyway by yourself. That's obviously not really what they're saying, but it feels like what they're saying with how terrible News Plus is. And Fitness Plus, since it's a new service, people are still maybe a little bit skeptical of it. So I find that that these are the two services that get tacked on. They almost aren't thought of as core services yet for Apple. Um, they sort of have the four core ones, and then they're like, "Wait, we think of, Apple says we think of news as a core one, but we know we understand that the public doesn't really appreciate it quite yet." Um, so news and fitness being the two extra ones. Now, for me, right now, it doesn't make sense to do any of this because I am doing the student deal which gets me both music and tv for five dollars a month both together um not each so it's i'm paying five dollars a month and getting both apple music and apple tv plus at least until i'm no longer a student and have my student account which will happen sooner rather than later and then i'm paying three dollars so i'm right now i'm paying basically eight dollars a month getting apple music apple tv plus and 200 gigabytes of icloud storage so it's not even worth it for me to do the individual plan as of now um but I'm really intrigued, and I really want, basically, I think, to convince my family to do family sharing. <laughs> because $30 a month split amongst all of us and getting arcade and fitness basically thrown in there, I don't really care about news. I suppose maybe I would try and use news if, if we had it. But having all that tied in, um, 
and getting to split that $30 a month among the family sounds really intriguing to me. What about you? What are you thinking? Uh, yeah, I think I'm um, kind of the same boat as you, as I'm um, uh, also using the student uh, bundle that Apple has. So again, five pounds for the uh, Apple using an Apple TV Plus, which I have to say, I'm I'm using more Apple TV Plus than Apple Music uh, at this time. And yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not using Apple Arcade, so yeah, that's not something that I'm willing to explore, at least for now. Uh, I'm not very into games into my phone. And yeah, I'm also paying uh, for the 200 gigabytes of iCloud storage and I'm pretty sure I'm going to move to 2 terabytes in the next couple of months as um, my storage is almost at um, uh, 170 gigabytes already. So yeah, uh, yeah at least for now, uh, the Apple one doesn't like suit me at least. Uh, it, it makes more sense to opt in for the uh, Apple Films Plus very one to and just keep the rest as, as it is because I'm already paying less for that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think for most people, most people are not us, right? And are not in the situation that we're in. But for most people, it does make sense. So we were talking about what we spend and what our savings would be. But it should be said that I think it's $6 a month savings for the individual plan compared with what you would spend individually for each of those services. I think $8 a month you would save under the family plan. And I think it's like $25 a month, basically, that you would save for Premiere. Is that right? Um Normally, you'd spend probably about $55 a month for all those services that Premiere covers. They would cost you $55 per month for two terabytes of iCloud storage, Apple Music, Apple TV+, Apple Arcade, Apple News+, and Apple Fitness+. All together would be $55. And it costs $30, and you get family sharing. That is such a good deal. I think for most people, this makes a lot of sense. Um, it's, it's really intriguing to me. I could see definitely moving to this soon. Um, although I'm kind of with you that I'm, I'm sort of so intrigued by fitness plus that I think I would even tack it on, um, to what I'm doing now, even without doing the Apple one bundle, just so I can get started with it. Um, it's, I think we said it's available this fall and yeah, so they said it includes 30 days free of any services you don't already have. So that's, that's part of the deal again is with Apple services that they're offering one month free. Um, yeah, pretty cool. Sounds pretty neat. Yeah, and I guess we can slowly move into the uh, second part, like actually third part of the Apple brand, which would yeah. be uh, the immediately updated iPads, iPad Air and the basic iPad, which is now the eighth generation one. Which, yeah, hard uh, to believe, right? Yeah, I, I still feel that iPad is like, you know, quite new, not eight years old. Yeah, I mean, I was just getting into the Apple world heavily when the iPhone was announced. Um, Right around there is when I got my first MacBook, and I obviously had an iPod, like everybody did at the time. Um, And so I was just starting to get into it. So the launch of the iPhone wasn't huge on my radar because I was still kind of brand new to the Apple world. But the iPad launched, I do remember pretty well, 2010. So Tim came out, um, 
at this event in this third part and said it's been 10 years since we launched the iPad and I thought wow 10 years and it really has it's come quite a long way but there's so much I think unlike any of the other products it there has been a very a very large core piece that has been the same for the iPad all these 10 years um, unlike the phone, unlike my MacBooks, they've changed so much and really evolved in how we think of them and what they do. The iPad is not quite the same. It's definitely propelled itself so far in terms of power and capability, but its core of being like this flat canvas of creativity and productivity is still there. Now, granted, I think the biggest, yeah, me too. I mean, I love the, the, the essence of it has remained unchanged but that Apple has smartly pivoted from originally it being a consumption device to now it's a consumption device, but also very much a productivity and creation device. Um, we've talked about this before, I think, on one of our original episodes, um, how we use iPads. I'll just briefly mention, Tim also said 500 million iPads around the world sold. 53% of them are new customers. That was kind of impressive. He touts the... Yeah, that's really, really impressive. He touted the satisfaction rate, and he mentioned the updates we got to iPad Pro earlier this year, which I'll come back to. I think we should talk about that just in a second once we finish talking about the lineup. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the 8th generation iPad first. This is what, to me, I think is like one of the most impressive products that Apple offers because it's a really capable device at $329. Um, education, a kid, yeah, your average person who just doesn't need a, a ton of capability or something like that. This is a really, really useful, good device that is a strong competitor for even cheap Chromebooks that don't have the you know durability and reliability. Um, it it's just it's really really impressive. It's uh, brought up to the A12 Bionic. Just really quick specs. It now has the neural engine, so it can do a lot of the machine learning. Um, that it wasn't on the regular iPad before. It works with the uh, smart keyboard, not the magic keyboard, but the smart keyboard and Logitech's keyboards. They brought Apple Pencil support to it, um, which is great. It's Apple Pencil 2 support, I should say. It's a 10.2-inch display. Um, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like it has the same design as before. It's the rounded edges. It's not the flat edges that were seen uh, in the no, Pro. And that's uh, yeah. just for the Pro and the iPad there, basically. Yeah, the, the new iPad Air, yeah. Um, 8 megapixel camera, smart connector, USB-C. It has been. It has now received USB-C. And it well, it's available now. Um, it'll start shipping on, on Friday the 18th of September. Thoughts? Your, any thoughts on it? Are you going to buy one? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mainly because I have the iPad Pro, but uh, I think yeah. it's um, it's a very, very, very solid uh, purchase for anyone that wants to get introduced into the iPad world or even the uh, Apple world. Because I get it's very hard to switch from like an Android device to an iPhone and vice versa, obviously. But it's so easy to just switch into an iPad or a tablet in general, uh, no matter what you're using before. Because usually you don't store a lot of like you know information on your tablet. Like you don't store like your messages, you don't store a bunch of your pictures. It's all on the cloud because you, mm -hmm. you just use your phone for that. So I think it's quite easy to get introduced into this new uh, device, the, the iPad, and 
uh, if you opt into the basic iPad, which now is incredibly powerful, is uh, something quite interesting. And as you mentioned, people can use it for pretty much anything, from just casual people at home to read or watch uh, some movie, uh, to more educational purposes, like students now uh, trying to do a video conference at home, or even uh, people want to, to work and uh, they can draw on it, they can uh, create uh, spreadsheets, they can do video meetings, they can do pretty much everything. And, and with the bump up in uh, the specs with the new, um, the new chip, the HRAP, I think it's, it's, I don't, I honestly don't find any reason not anyone not to buy this iPad if they want any sort of tablet. Yeah, I, com- I mean, I completely agree. I, if we remember, I remember watching at the beginning of the year, there was a lot of talk about the 10th anniversary of the iPad because I think it came out in January or something. And uh, a lot of the talk was about how revolutionary the device was for the price point that it came out at at the time, which was four ninety nine. So having something so impressive, a unique device, computing device like that for under 1000 much less 800 much less 700 you know, having a $500 device so impressive is was great. And to think now, like even since then, you know, like my family, while it's not their primary computing device, many of them have basic iPads or iPad Airs, um, which are, which were, are far less capable of course now than, than the iPads now because time and technology has improved. Um, but we're still more expensive than what this iPad is available for now. So just that Apple could continue to bundle in great technologies and bring that price down from the already originally impressive $500, um, is great. And I think allows them to really be a strong competitor to other cheap notebooks, netbooks, Chromebooks, things like that, that are on the market. Or, and of course, like Android tablets and um, even some Microsoft Surface tablets that are out there, I think is is great, great for them. Yeah. Anything else on the uh, eighth gen, or do you want to talk Air now? Uh, no, we can we can do something for Air. The setting has uh, pretty much outscaled everything that uh, ever was on the Air. Uh, the, yes. Yeah. This new update is just. I don't even know what where to begin, honestly. We got, um, uh, I guess, four new colors? No, three. Three new colors. Two, two new colors. Oh, no, you're right. Three. Three new colors. And then the two usual ones, right? Yeah. So now we Sky have... blue, green, and rose gold. Exactly. Which, I don't know, I'm more inclined still into the space gray. And if I really had to choose between the three new ones, I'll probably go for the green i think i would too they're kind of pastel-y they're a little bit light especially sky blue right sky blue is like a sky blue so it's kind of a light blue color but even the green looks a little bit i don't know light colored so i think i if i were to if i would have gotten one i would still stick with space gray but options are great (laughs) more colors for all the things that's what i always say um largely this was rumored oh by the way on the eighth gen that was kind of a surprise, right? Like, I think most of the rumors said that this was going to be an Apple Watch event and an iPad Air event, that we were going to get a big update to iPad Air. So it was sort of a surprise that we got a big bump for the 8th gen iPad. Um, but yeah, this was largely what was rumored, which was that a lot of the iPad Pro features wouldn't be making their way down to the iPad Air. 
So it's just like you said, right? Like they they brought it up to almost the exact same as the iPad Pro, basically except slightly worse camera system because it was just one one single camera on the back and uh, no LiDAR, no 120 hertz ProMotion refresh display the iPad Pro has and a slightly worse, no, a slightly better chip than in the 11-inch iPad Pro. We have an, a new A14 chip that is debuting in an iPad Air, which, like, what? <laughs> Why are we debuting powerful, high-efficiency chips in a mid-level device? I think they're trying to prepare us for the new iPhone. Uh, oh, you think they, for the new iPhone? Yeah. I think it's gonna, With an iPad Air? Why are they preparing us for an iPhone with an iPad Air? Because they did a similar thing on the original iPad, right? If I remember correctly, the iPad came in March, February, and then on June... It was the iPhone 4, and they had the same processor, so maybe they want to, you know, start that tradition again. I guess, but ultimately, I think what this says to me, and I said we'd talk about this later, we can just bring it up now, the iPad Pro updates that we had earlier this year, right now, and this is the the sort of talk that's been happening on Twitter, is there's very little argument. Okay, so let's, a few more things about this iPad Air. It is still a 10.9 inch screen. It has slightly large, it's full screen to screen display, sorry, edge to edge display. Um, the touch ID, the home button is gone. So now touch ID has moved to the power button, the top button um, with a sort of new touch ID sensor, which is really impressive. I think that obviously is probably foreshadowing future technology for the iPhone um, and getting rid of the home button permanently there. It has USB-C now, a you know, better cameras, better speakers. It also works with Apple Pencil. It works with the Magic Keyboard. So this is what I wanted to get to. It is the same footprint as the 11-inch iP- uh, uh, iPad Pro, which means because it's a 10.9-inch, not an 11-inch screen, it has slightly bigger bezels so that it fills the same space as the 11-inch iPad Pro, which means it works with the exact same Magic Keyboard as the 11-inch iPad Pro. Um, it's not like you have to buy an iPad Air Magic Keyboard. You buy the same one that you would buy for the 11-inch iPad Pro. Um, All of this, to me, this discussion about what's kind of the point now of the 11-inch iPad Pro, because there's not much you would get that the iPad Pro has that for what, like probably $200 or more extra on the iPad Pro? More storage. The iPad Air has smaller storage options. The LiDAR, the better camera, 120 hertz, a promotion display but ultimately here's what i think is that this all says that apple has big plans for the ipad pro the next update we're going to see on the ipad pro is something pretty big they just didn't have it ready yet so all we got was the lidar sensor and the magic keyboard earlier this year that's what i hope and what i guess um it could be, you're right. I mean, I think maybe the A14 is obviously they wanted to sort of pre- preview it before the iPhones came out, but who you knows? I also don't know what that's for the iPad Pro. Because uh, when I saw the announcement yesterday, I was like, okay, then why would anyone go for the Pro? Because now the, the Pro basically has a slightly better screen uh, with a better refresh rate, 
Uh, it has the face ID, um, lighter sensor, and an extra um, camera on the back. It's, it might sound a lot, but in reality, it's not that much of a push to get the, the pro model because, um, I, like, realistically, no one is actively using the two cameras on the iPad to just go out and take pictures of, you know, landscapes or anything like that. Uh, it's mostly for, like, oh, you know, I'm just holding my iPad at this specific moment and I take a photo of, like, something that I'm trying to send to someone and that's it. Yeah, or AR and things like that. I mean, a yeah. lot of the that's abilities it. of the camera uh, system in the iPad Pro is for AR. Then it's uh, basically Face ID versus Touch ID. It's I personally prefer Face ID because it feels faster and you don't need to like, you know touch the device if you're like holding it in your hand. Um, yeah, but but it's also 2020 and we're all wearing masks all the time. Yeah, that's also true. Uh, but but again, like uh, having like Face ID versus Touch ID. I don't see like a huge, 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 huge difference sure, yeah. to justify the, that uh, price tag. So, especially on an iPad versus yeah. a phone. Yeah. So maybe you're right. Absolutely. Maybe the the Pro would be actually moved into like something truly unique into the next uh, version that will actually make a very distinct line that yes, this is a Pro because it clearly does way more things. Uh, on the basic, uh, basic iPad there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't want to underestimate. I don't want to not give credit to 120 hertz refresh rate or ProMotion or those increased storage things. Like I don't, they are impressive things, and they're really useful and powerful features that maybe cost a lot of money to implement. And so that's the extra, you know, 200 whatever dollars that you're spending on the Pro. Um, but I can't help but think that there is that Apple uses the pro line to push the boundaries and to do any new cool thing that they can get away with and put that for those people who want, you know, top of the top. Um, it just seems like they brought a lot of that down to the iPad air, which is great. It's impressive, you know, for 500 bucks still. Oh no, I'm sorry. It starts at five ninety nine, So it has gone up since the original iPad. Um, so $600 it's available beginning in October. Uh, it's, it's an impressive device. I think it's a good, um, for, for basically anyone who needs, who wants to use their iPad for just a bit more, for a bit more of a primary computing device, pretty much the air is, is right there as a really top quality product. Uh, I think only someone who really needs the pro should, should get the pro at this point. We'll see obviously what happens, um, next year. And as time goes on, as we get more pro updates. Absolutely. I, I can't wait to see what the problem brings because I, I cannot even see where it will go. And that, that, that for me is very exciting. The only thing I can think of is uh, really driving, because Apple's free now, right? They're, the reins from Intel are, are snipped. They can complete and they're already we're doing this but i'm ready to see apple's chip team work with complete and utter freedom in terms of design and like i said yeah they already were doing this with the ipad and iphone lines but but in terms of capability and chip architecture i'm ready to see apple show us why we shouldn't be worried about apple silicon and Macs 
about ARM Max because of what is what the iPad Pro is showing it's capable of. So basically, I, I'm saying... Now, that being said, we already saw the A14 chip a bit, right? With this new iPad Air, they debuted it. But the A14X in that'll show up in the iPad Pro at some point um, as we get updates to the iPad Pro is bound to just be a really a beast of a chip <laughs> that just shows what Macs can look forward to as they start to get Apple Silicon put into them. I don't know. We'll see. I'm, ex- I'm really excited for updates to the Pro. I'm also thinking like, hey, maybe my next iPad can just be a an iPad Air. But I, I love the bigger screen size is really what I, I personally... I'm, I'm a 12.9 inch iPad Pro fan, so it's hard to beat that. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. <laughs> Any final iPad thoughts before we bring it home? Um, final iPad thoughts. I, I, mm, generally, I'm quite excited to see... Um, iPad, the, the entire iPad lineup being on par with what you, you would expect if you were to buy like an app, like a, any sort of tablet right now. Because a couple of years ago, it was more like, oh, if you want like an iPad now, you need to get the Pro because the rest is like, you know, old and not so powerful and the Pro is so, so much far ahead. But now it's basically, uh, if you want to get an iPad, you just check what sort of um, things you're looking to do with it. And if it's, uh, you know, basic use to heavy use, then you can definitely go for an iPad Air. And if it's absolutely super heavy use, which I don't think anyone is doing right now, uh, or if you absolutely need the new LiDAR sensor for any sort of like any AI that you might be doing, or any games you can be playing with the AR, uh, then yeah, definitely go for the Pro. And I really like that all of them uh, can be used with the same as a keyboard, which means that um, a family or a house can have uh, yeah. one magic keyboard and people can sort of use it uh, whenever they need to, you know, put the, the iPad into like a, like a desktop mode and try to do some actual work. It's, yeah, which is, thank God that's an option because it's a super expensive thing. It's true. Like four hundred dollars. <laughs> um, so yeah, you probably only want to buy one for the whole family. Um, yeah, I I agree. It's it's an interesting lineup. It's a little bit weird right now with how close the air is to the pro, but but you're like there like you were just saying there is an argument still to be made for it. So could be. Um, we wrapped up with, and again, so we talked about like why this event or at the beginning of this episode, and we talked about the watch and these iPad updates were ready. So they, you know, let's go ahead and release them. Let's put them out. If you're putting out a watch update, Series 6, then that means you also have to announce watchOS 7. And if you're announcing watchOS 7 release, then you need to announce iOS and, and iPadOS and tvOS. Um, so it makes sense. We didn't get a macOS announcement, but we wrapped up with Tim um, coming back out and saying iOS 14, iPadOS 14, watchOS 7, and tvOS 14 all coming tomorrow, which is now today. And uh, I will be quickly getting off this this episode now because watchOS 7 is now officially released <laughs> as of a couple minutes ago. So I will be downloading that and checking out all of those cool features as soon as we finish here. So I will be spending the next at least 24 hours exploring watchOS 7 and looking for new widgets. So that's what I'm going to be doing. All right. 
until next time.